0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your boy, Dave Neal, a stand-up comedian, and of course, host of this here podcast, this app, formerly known as Sex Actually Podcast, once in a time called You Up the Podcast. We've changed the names a few times, but you guys have stuck around. It's really just me and um, sometimes my fiance, Tasha Courtney. I love having Tasha on. I love when we co-host, uh, but we've just been so busy that um, you know normally we record Sunday nights, but that just becomes like a like the, uh, like a chore. Whenever you have something to do with your fiance or your significant other, it just gets on that honey do list like a chore. And um, we've got exciting news that's um, in our lives, and that's pushed back some other things. Uh, we are moving to a new home uh, after living uh, here for years in a very small, charming yet tiny studio apartment. In the heart of Hollywood, we're moving to a new location. I think I mentioned it last time. It's going to be uh, quite the upgrade uh, as far as space goes. Not exactly storage space. Like we're still like like I still have to figure out where to put all this junk Tasha bought for Christmas. She literally bought buckets worth of ornaments because it was our first time in Los Angeles for Christmas, and she's like, "I want a real tree." So we got the Christmas tree. It was like 180 bucks, you know, 200 bucks when you throw on all the bells and whistles. And then we had to buy all, all the gear for it, you know, the ornaments, this and that. For people that live in homes, you don't understand storage space. If anyone lives in an RV or a small apartment, you understand that every single time someone buys us something, like like a blanket we don't need, I'm always like, the hell, man. Like, now I got to go throw something out. Tasha's family is so sweet, but they'll literally buy, like her dad bought her... um uh, you know, like a sketch, a, a, a canvases to paint on with a, uh, you know, the, the sketch thing, you know, the tripod thing, you put whatever the easel, whatever, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't got room for an easel. We, we don't have the space guys. So it's so annoying that family has finally like learned to buy us apartment friendly things. Like my mom bought me a, um, a blanket that folds up into like a tote Uh, for the beach and she's like you can leave it in your car you don't have to bring it inside (laughs) guys if you saw my car I have things that I leave in my car because I'm like I just don't have room for it anyway I'm not here to complain the point is is we got a new spot uh, not huge on storage space but it's going to be super great for um, all that we do with the uh, the studio as far as podcasting goes video excuse me social media I didn't feel like my voice was going until I started recording this uh, what a week of talking! What a week of talking! So while we've been packing up, getting ready to move, and we're we've given ourselves a full four weeks to get our life together to move, but you know, Tasha doesn't throw. She's the type who just doesn't throw a receipt out. You know, I, I'm the I'm the type that's like, look, if I need a receipt or something, I'll look it up on my Amex. You know, statements. I'm probably in the wrong. You probably should save receipts. But I'm looking right now, which is bins of nonsense that she has, and it's uh, I hate to say it. Because I don't think I bring this type of um, bandwidth into the relationship. I've moved like five times since Tasha's moved because she lived in this apartment before we dated. So every single time I've moved, I've moved with only a car's worth of things. So I've just pretty much like canceled my life. You know, like if I couldn't fit it in a car, I'd to go. And I don't know what I've learned about all that is how little I actually need. You know, I got a dresser full of clothes. We got a TV now. I have a lot of gear. I've I've accrued a lot of gear over the time. But literally, if if everything I own is either stuff I can bring to the beach, baseball equipment, clothes, or audio, video, te- you know, podcasting gear that I use to uh, talk to you guys. So um, I may I may be a gear junkie, but I'm not a hoarder. I'm not a hoarder. I can't be. I literally have no room to hoard anything. So our new place is going to be. Um, you know, because right now, we just don't have any outdoor space, which, you know, if you live in Los Angeles, you might as well have some outdoor space. There's nothing like grabbing your... uh you know, you're a beach chair and going to sit outside and catch some sun when you have a, an hour or two off. You know, nothing like, you know, that's what you pay the extra money for is to be able to, you know, catch some sun in January when, when the weather turns. But um, our new place is going to have something like, I don't know, maybe about 600 square feet of usable outdoor space. But it's just right now, it's just a blank cement kind of like backyard. Um, you know, Los Angeles, Southern California in general is a desert So if you ever see anyone with like real grass, chances are they're paying an arm and a leg to water that because it just doesn't rain. You know, you get five days of rain out here. So um, what we're going to do with this cement backyard is uh, get AstroTurf, like the good kind. You know what I mean? The kind you play a football game on. We're going to get half of that AstroTurfed and then we're going to have a nice little living area, living spaces with, um, you know, maybe a fire pit and, and all that jazz. So our kitchen will now be outdoors. And, uh, boy, I can't wait, guys. It almost makes me wonder why it took a global pandemic for us to make this leap. Like, I thought we would have just lived here forever. But I understand for Tasha, you know, a very unique soul she is. This has been her safety blanket. God forbid, you know... She has, you know, in the past, not known if our relationship would work out. I've always, I've always been the one who thought our relationship would work out, but you know, we have a different, I'm an optimist and she's kind of the type who's like, I'm going to guard myself. You didn't propose to me on time, you know, this and that. And, uh, and I respect that. So, you know, for us to get a new place together is a big leap because, you know, it's rent's going to go up. I don't know, not quite double, but close to it. And, uh, you know, we really hoped we'd be buying a home by now. But like I said, I mean, the market hasn't even slipped in this pandemic. So to buy a home, you're looking at it, you know, in easy seven to $800,000 and you're not even living in a nice neighborhood. So uh, so we're not ready to take that leap. So I said, you know what? If we're not ready to buy a home, that doesn't mean we have to stay in the rent control place, you know? And it's like, well, the rent control place, the rent is low, so our expenses are low. And like, that's fine. But what we need to think of the entrepreneurial side of us has to think of how much we'll be able to create in a venue that allows us more space to grow. And of course, that, um, you know, as as we know, is us punching out of the cocoon. At some point, you know, the uh, butterfly just knows to punch out of the cocoon. And for some reason, as humans, we doubt ourselves. We're always like, well, you know, we got to play it safe. We have to make sure we have X, Y, and Z covered. And um, I've received nothing but praise from family when, it, when we told them we were ready to make the move because I feel like, in some ways, family believes in us more than we do. You know what I mean? We just you you live in Hollywood long enough. Same thing when I lived in New York. You live here long enough. You just you you naturally become cynical because a lot of failure happens, and you got to be okay with failure. But you just got to know you got to keep putting yourselves out there, and that's kind of where like we've I've had to you know we've had to tell each other like look. We need to remind ourselves that we have the abilities to succeed. And if our number's not called on one specific day, we just have to keep showing up because it is, just a, it is just a game of odds when it comes down to success in this world. I'm always afraid to take a sip of water when I'm talking alone. I have a real fear of um, dead air. You know what I mean? Same thing on stage with stand-up. Just a fear of dead air. They always say, you know, you, you can't laugh if the comic's talking. You got you to gotta leave room for that. I got to leave room for your side of the conversation so it's not a one-way chat. So, yeah, so Leap in the Net will appear. We did it, guys. We leapt, uh, and it appears that a net has appeared um, since deciding to move to this apartment. Since you guys, since I've talked to you guys last, just one week ago, the amount of growth on the YouTube channel has been unreal, and again, I don't know if it'll sustain itself at this current level. I know there are ebbs and flows, and peaks and valleys. But the trend since the fall, you know, we had 2,000 subscribers, and um, we just hit 10,000 one week ago. We hit 10,000, and then earlier today I hit 12,000. So I don't know if it's going to grow at um, at such at such exponential rates, but. Uh, the thing that has just been amazing is when, when a video catches on, YouTube, YouTube provides the algorithm that other social medias don't. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they suck. I, can't, I literally couldn't start a wildfire if I poured gasoline on the thing. You just, I just can't do it. But YouTube, you know, if people watch you long enough, if people like the video, they'll reward it. And I still struggle to know what that is. As I'm talking to you guys, this is a audio only podcast. This isn't for any of the YouTube crowd. If anyone watches the YouTube and you're over here on the audio, hey, how are you? Good to good to see you and thank you so much for the support. But the thing is is um I need to do a better job of differentiating. You know, like okay, let, let's look at it like a Venn diagram. You got YouTube and you have podcasting. And in some cases the podcast can live on YouTube, but in some cases it can't. Like right now, I just didn't feel like turning the video on. That, you know, this is just like a, you know, I, I still want to have special episodes that are just for the audio only. Uh, the, the, the sort of um, scorned lover aspect of me, though, is that I just don't, I'm making money on YouTube and I'm not making it on podcasting. If I was making money podcasting, I would, you know, I would put that camera in the chest and not turn it on. But that's just what it is. The YouTube's the one that's rewarding me. Um, and it's nothing against you guys. You guys are here. You like me. You send in nice gifts. Some of you guys join the Patreon. Thank you so much to all of our new Patreon members. Uh, but it's it's just a place right now where, you you know, there's a clear reward system on YouTube. They're the only social media out there that will, you know, once you hit a certain amount of subscribers that, that you can get, you know, what's called monetized. So we got monetized. I've been monetized for a few years, but even last January, the YouTube channel only made $26. Whereas this January, it made a lot of money. A lot of money. More than any amount of tips I would have gotten at my old side gig. And I think part of that, like I say all the time with Marian Williamson, the law of divine compensation. Let me, let me Google it so I can, you know, give you guys some fresh quotes, law of divine compensation quotes. It's just the idea that if you have the right sort of energy frequency, if you can kind of, you know, bulldoze past any sort of insecurities and just be, uh genuine in yourself, you'll attract you'll attract like-minded people. And you guys have not let me down with that. And it's it's just been amazing that, you know, like I've been saying with the YouTube, all right, and again, I know this whole episode's not gonna be me going through the analytics here, but I think you guys like, you know, I always say people like to watch an ant heart, an ant farm being built. We like to see progress and there's something in our DNA that likes HGTV and you know skyscrapers being built, and even social media. Like I like looking at stock prices, even if I don't have any stocks. And, uh, and hopefully, you guys enjoy that I share some um, some of this algorithm stuff with you guys. But the idea that I can do something even uh, take take stand up for instance, the idea that I can tell some jokes and somebody pays me, it's it's absurd to think of that happening. But you know, with stand up, you're only limited to the audience that's there, and in YouTube. While every person who watches a YouTube video is not directly paying by watching advertisements, you know, a a couple pennies of every view goes to me and it adds up. It really does. Once you get sort of in that pipeline, like Wednesday, I had 100,000 views on YouTube on Wednesday. It ended up making like $900, which is insanity because that's like as much as I've ever made on the podcast as far as sponsorship goes, you know? So it's interesting what's out there. Now, that's not a normal day. That was the most... I've ever made in a day on YouTube. But you know, I do know the people, they always say, if you want to be a millionaire, you got to know millionaires. There's something about just like having the, uh, you know, like I said, in a podcast a few months ago with a four minute mile, once the first guy cracked, uh, made a sub four minute mile, like six guys that year broke the record. And it's about, it's about believing in something that, you know, uh, that believing that something can happen. And then when it does, you, you just open yourself up to new possibilities. So by believing that I can make a living on YouTube by sharing my energy, my love, my laughter, whatever it is, interviews, I have to believe that I'll be taken care of, you know? Marianne Williamson said, you are loved and your purpose is to love. She says, we lack faith in what exists within us because we lack faith in who exists within us. So you just got to believe in yourself, guys. And this isn't easy. I've had a weird 10 year struggle, but the point is with like the cynicism that you get living in Hollywood or working in a tough industry, then you see these new people that come around that literally just don't have, you know, there'll be new people that come around that just don't have the limitations in their life and they'll almost just skip past you. I see it in stand up all the time people that think they're funnier than they actually are, but then the audience believes it. And then you get a cynical old dog like me that's like going up there and I'm like, Oh yeah, I got this, guys. So it's just been really reinventing sort of what I what I consider limitations and just bulldozing them down and going, "No, no, I am enough. I have enough. Let's share it." And that's the mantra. I am enough. I have enough. I want to share it. And of course, I share all this with you guys because you guys have it all in you. Now, I wanted to mention on Thursday, I did a special. I agreed to do a special 10,000 subscriber 10-hour live stream. And I delivered on that from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Thursday. I did a 10-hour YouTube live stream. I can't believe it. My webcam didn't melt. My laptop didn't melt. Everything went off without a hitch. I took phone calls from people. Uh, I got uh, voicemails from Alaska and Zimbabwe, just at the most random, Australia, and everywhere in between. And people... You know, people, t- you know, it was, it was almost, it was for sure overwhelming in the sense that so many people came to just congratulate me and it w- the, it was the easiest 10 hours I've ever talked, mainly because of all of the energy the audience gave me. It's a little harder with podcasting. I can't get any instant gratification from you. Uh, whereas on YouTube and, and especially for lives, when I'm taking phone calls, it's, om- it's almost like stand up in the sense that I can get some instant uh, feedback from people like we're doing the right thing. Uh, But I think when I talk with you guys, I'm not interrupted by anybody. So I get to a different level of conversation where I think the podcast really feels more like I'm on a phone call with a friend versus presenting something like YouTube feels like. Marianne Williamson said to whatever extent your mind is aligned with love, you will receive divine compensation for any lack in your material existence from spiritual substance will come material manifestation. This is not just a theory. It is a fact. It is a law by which the universe operates. I call it the law of divine compensation. So you receive compensation When, you're, when we're willing to see the innocence in another person, even when he or she has behaved without love toward us, we activate the law of divine compensation. So there's so many different ways to receive abundance. But of course, this means when we treat others like the loving person that they are, not as competition, not as our enemy, our work enemy, or someone we're competing against. When we treat everyone like they are equal and like they are full of love, it gives us this um higher energy that that has to I mean again, I don't know, I don't know what I, I, sometimes I love these like moments where I'm talking, I'm like, I sound like such a freaking idiot. You know what I mean? because like I think I think in these spiritual terms, but I also don't want to be somebody who's sort of the 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 wooey you know what I mean? Like I think these ways, and I believe in these principles, but at the same time, I want to be like irreverent and fun, and I know I can do both, but I, I do struggle with like um, sitting too high on the lifeguard stand here. I know Tasha's going to walk in at any second. When Tasha walks in, I'm going to hit the pause button and then I'm going to grab her microphone so we can talk a little bit about, a little bit more about our move that we're about to do, because I'm really excited about that. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to this 10-hour live stream, just overwhelmed with support from all of you guys, the, so many people came together to give gifts, donations. I mean, I didn't ask for any donations. I wasn't trying to make it about me. I was trying to make it like, Hey, let's get here and we'll do a whole thing. Some people stuck around for the full 10 hours. A lot of people didn't like a lot of people came and went, they could, they could stick by for an hour here an hour there. But so many people stuck around and the conversation while it was mainly me talking really was, it didn't, I didn't feel exhausting, not in the way that you you'd think 10 hours of talking would feel. And, um, I don't like to do that like that's like this episode's going to be on the shorter end. I don't like to do that for the sake of, you know, I don't like to talk just for the sake of talking. I hope to have a message that we're getting across. But I have to think that the message there was that the more gratitude I was giving for for what I was receiving, the more it would come in. Like the more I started sharing donations that were coming in, new Patreon members, the more other people felt inspired to share. And I and I hope that we can find a way to apply that to all that you guys do in life and know that, you know, there is more like, if you're, if you're not, if you don't love what you do, that's okay. It's okay. Not to love what you do. You know, a job can just be like a transactional thing, but just know that if it's not something you love, you're just not going to put that much energy into it. So if you kind of suck at what you do, I've done so many jobs where I suck at what I do. My, my side gig, the is. I still kind of have like weird, like um hangups over it because I know they didn't like me. But I'm also like, well, of course not. They paid me minimum wage. I gave them minimum wage Dave. Who's going to like minimum wage Dave? And I know the idea is like, well, you know, you need to dress for the job you want, not the job you have and, and all that. But it, look, if you're getting paid to do something and you don't feel like you're being valued for what you truly should be, it's going to be hard to show up. Yeah, you might you might get by a day or two with extra energy. And don't get me wrong. I think I did a good job at the job. I think I did good at it. But um, it was still minimum wage, Dave. So the point is, is that if you don't love what you do or if you think you suck at what you do, it it might just be that you just don't have the passion because you don't have any equity in it. You know, you're not building something that's yours. You know, if you're painting a wall for somebody else, you're like, all right, let's paint this wall and get out of here. If you're painting a wall that you're going to have to look at for the rest of your life, you're like, I want to paint this wall as good as I can paint it. And so what it comes down to in life is finding ways to own things that we're working on. How can I own things that I'm working on? Well, for for me for YouTube, it's it's having control over the content I make. Anybody in their mother could hire me to like run a drone for their gig and pay me 50 bucks for 2 hours work and it's like, "Well, I made over more than minimum wage, good for me." But if I if I create something that's mine, then I've got I I can live or die with how it does. Maybe it flops and I don't make any money. Or maybe it you know it hits, hits the internet hard and it does well. So I think what I'm learning with the very simple analytics of YouTube is that there is a reward system set up for people that put the work in. So if you continue to put the work in on YouTube, there is a payoff there and it can be a very large share. And it's also not fair in the sense that some people might hit that before you, but just know like for me, you know, I, I've had my YouTube for ten years. I just didn't start really taking it seriously till a couple of years ago, and then really seriously during the pandemic. I mean, once once I learned that I, you know, my big I I got like I said, I got rid of my biggest hangups. I got rid of um, a lot of the post production, which really slows down um, wanting to get content out there. You know, you shoot it, you shoot something, then you got to edit it, then you got to add the titles and this and export it. Post production can take a long time, but for a lot of my opinion based videos that i'm making i'm doing it in a way that's shooting it like live to tape so it's shooting it on a green screen live to tape it tapes it takes a little bit of um effort to get the pre-production ready you know to have all my info ready but then that just helps the quality of the content because it manages it better because i'm kind of you know uh, you guys know this i'm obviously a a little all over the place when it comes with uh, my thought process but when i make videos i try to make it in the way like you would make an old like a thesis for like a pro like a, a, a project where you go, okay, well, let's lead off with what I want to talk about, go through my X, Y, and Z, and then, you know, in whatever, whatever the uh, whatever the project calls for, try to keep people to watch as long as possible. You know, little things like that. But but by learning all that, I've learned in the pandemic that when given the chance that the pandemic gave me to get out of the deep end, when given the chance to not be So broke that, you know, like I say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired by getting out of the deep end and having time to invest in myself, I've been finding a way to reap the rewards and it's far better compensation than anything anybody else would pay me to do. Does that make sense? So anyway, I guess that's just a real long way for me to go to say, thank you guys so much for all your support. (laughs) You know what I mean? I almost feel like a lot of you guys have just like been sticking with me knowing that I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm like 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 an inventor that hasn't invented anything, but I've made a couple cool things blow up. Not blow up in like a successful way, just like physically blow up like, you know. Anyway, I don't know, folks. How is everyone doing out there? Are you guys hanging in there? We're almost at a year anniversary to the beginning of this uh pandemic, depending on uh when 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 the old uh bat flu came for you. And uh Boy, is it just a weird feeling. I had a stand-up show this week, and um, I've only had a handful of stand-up shows in the last year, and I have not felt at all like a stand-up comedian. I've been (laughs) questioning how to be funny, how to tell a joke, Um, and I ended up just like looking at a bunch of old material, a bunch of old sets that I've done, and uh, sort of just tried to remember how to say them. You know the talent code? I talk about it all the time. The talent code's like all about uh, myelin. It's like an enzyme or a, a sheath that hardens your neural pathways when you learn how to do something. It's just muscle memory. So when you learn how to play um, a C note on a on a saxophone, you'll never forget that C note. You just It's in, so ingrained into my left middle finger. Boom, 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 skim, deep dee bidi, bidi. You know, like you just can't get it out. But with stand-up, it's like I have to... It's like if I haven't done a joke in a while, I have to say it out loud before I say it on stage because some, you just forget how it goes sometimes. And normally that's not the case because normally I think with comedy, comedy is so focused on repetition anyway that even if you're like a slacking comic, you probably still get a couple sets in a week, you know? So even if you're not like completely, you know, in flow state, you're, you're getting enough reps in that you feel pretty good. I mean, oh, there's nothing better... Then the feeling on stage when you've been doing a bunch of standup and it just feels like you know what's coming next. It's almost like it's it's just that feeling of knowing you like you've ever you ever take a te- you ever take a test and you're over prepared for it and you're like I know every answer to this question and you just and so then you lose any fear of failure. And you just go one to the next one and you just critically think and you're focused and you're clear minded and your eyes are just a little wider and you have that confidence. I think that's the thing that we all search for in life with whatever it is we want to do is how can I prepare myself? Because what do they say? Warmth and competence, right? Those are the two things you need to succeed in life. So how do I prepare myself to have all the tools I need flowing to be the expert in whatever field it is that I'm in? And yeah, a lot of that is just the repetitions and then the pandemic threw us into a whole new loop. It threw us into a whole new loop where like I don't know if you could do a cat scan on my brain, but whatever the stand up comedy muscle is would be a little more dormant and whatever the rant, you know, muscle I use for YouTube is probably really sharp right now, just because I've been making, you know, three videos a day just kind of uh, you know, learning how to get my beats down for the for the video. So it's very interesting. Uh, how we can feed all the different um, creative impulses in our head, you know? Um, because there is like there there are things naturally that come. Like I said, when it comes to stand up, a lot of times it's just about getting your repetition. Like literally getting on stage, knowing once you get on stage, you'll do you'll do whatever survival mode things you need to do to get laughs, which is good. Um, you here, Tasha? All right, Tasha's here, guys. So I'm gonna pause and then she can join the podcast. A very special uh, guest appearance. Twenty six minutes into the podcast, by uh, your favorite uh, Tasha Marie Courtney. She's here uh, live in the studio. Hello, Tasha.
1: Why do you say guest appearance? Like I am not the co host of this podcast. Well, I
0: tried to. Here is what I tried to do. If people people might wonder the dynamic we have, my 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 main job as your fiance, and this this might be very codependent of me, but my main job is to limit the exposure that you get to stressful situations. So, ooh, look at that. LaCroix energy. Uh, What The last few weeks, I've done solo episodes. You haven't been on a podcast in a while. Uh,
1: You're right about that. I have not been on a podcast in a while. And the
0: reason is, when 4 o'clock comes around on a Sunday, and we ain't even halfway through our to-do list, I'm just done trying to get you to do a podcast when you're stressed out. So it's partly my failure that I don't record it ahead of time. But also, if we don't have a guest and you're not up for it, like I, like I think you were supposed with a couple of weeks ago, you're like, you know what? No, it ain't happening. And I was like, okay, I got to be better at just knowing when it ain't going to happen because nothing's worse than us trying to muster through. And again, I'm not telling people this, so it sounds like we're not appreciative and we don't love doing this, but there is a very well, specific energy that works well with us. And if we yeah. don't have it, we don't have it. I,
1: th- I think you're exaggerating a little bit about me being stressed. <laughs> she can't agree with our- me. On a Sunday night, but it's true that the podcast has sort of been pushed to the back burner since the no. pandemic. It it has. No, don't
0: say it like that. It
1: has. You know, it's we can't have guests in person. Uh, we did some rooftop episodes, but you're right that we really we haven't we haven't been planning for live in person guests. So it just it takes a back seat to other the pan- things. Are that need to be okay, done.
0: you said it, but I want to reiterate the pandemic has pushed it to the back burner. Yeah. This has just been something where like I've never wanted. And I was telling people this for 25 minutes, uh, that like, I was sharing, you know, the 10,000, uh, subscriber live stream. You just, you get rewarded by one thing like YouTube. What's the reward for the pie? No, don't get me wrong. This doesn't come without so much gratitude for everybody. But if I can get them to listen over on YouTube, that that's where the reward has been. Whereas the amount, the amount of energy it takes to get a guest on the show. I was, we were going to have a guest on and I think she's going to be on this week. And it's a guest i really wanted on, but just because of the pandemic, she's like, Hey, I I auditioned for something. Oh no. First she was going to be on. Her name's Shannon. She's, she's um, got a few projects coming out and she's a friend of mine and she follows The Bachelor. So she's a great, good guest to talk about both. But she's like, uh, I just got back to Hawaii. I just learned I have to quarantine for two weeks. I'm like, I get it. You got to quarantine. Don't come on the show. And then and then she's like, um, I got an audition for this thing on HBO. I shouldn't go do a podcast while I'm on hold. She ended up booking it. And it's oh, like, I can, can you imagine if you book so? And this is the thing that we have to worry about now. But like, imagine if you book something and then they test you and you can't do the thing because you got tested positive.
1: Yeah, it's it's a huge nightmare. I mean, I feel like I'm sort of in that position too. The United States has just done such a poor job in general. And we won't get into the politics of it, but of handling this this whole thing by not shutting down completely in the first place, getting it under control, you know, having a mask mandate, widespread testing, like we Independent contractors more than anyone else have really been left out in the cold. I think you know uh, there's a few other groups that have been really shafted. Restaurants have been really shafted, and um, like hair and beauty salons have been really shafted because they're the first ones that get shut down every time there's a new order. You know, there all these they're... shitty
0: barber cut barber haircuts we got.
1: Yeah, and so now everyone's resorted to like backyard haircuts. But you know, <laughs> it's just it's one of those things for independent contractors specifically, like. Um for example if you work in an office and the ma- the majority of people who can work from home are permanently working from home some people who uh, can work in person if if something ha- if they go out of town they just work from home for 10 days or 14 days or whatever you know like they they're covered with their employer protections they're not going to get fired they're just going to transition to work from home if they need to work from home but for us what are, what are you asking me I'm about?
0: asking for that coffee.
1: All right. Well, you're just pointing in a general direction. <laughs>
0: well, it's not interrupting the empty diet. what I'm saying. The <laughs> point is, is that we
1: can't go anywhere. I have to be super careful. We have to be super careful because if if anyone infects us on the podcast or at a grocery store or at an outdoor restaurant or whatever, that means I potentially lose all my clients.
0: Right. And you know, what's interesting too, is if someone's listening, they go, well, if you have all this free time, just podcast. And then I go, what, and what, what do you want us to talk about? You and I have survived this year. Like I'd love to know the rates of, uh, of relationships that failed during this time. I think this worked out for us in a way because it got us home together more. And I think that was a good thing for us to an extent. I also haven't really gone out much and I like, I need to go for a run. Like, you know, when I need to go for a run, I need, there's certain things I need to do or else I'll lose my mind. But we're almost a year into this thing. And
1: yeah, I- it sucks to feel like we've sort of dropped the ball on the podcast, not purposefully, but you're right when you say, like, you have to go where the people are. And podcast listenership has dropped off massively since the beginning of the pandemic because many people listen to podcasts on their commute. And since no one is commuting to work anymore, we what are we at? Like 25% of our no, previous no, no, listenership?
0: No, 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 we've lost about 25% oh, okay. of so our downloads, some- which means. People, they they still want to check in, but if they don't have.
1: If your YouTube is growing and listenership through the iTunes app or Spotify app are both decreasing, then, like, you know, we're still putting these things on YouTube. We're still recording them, but they. Not, Not this
0: one, but yeah, most of them.
1: But for the most part, you know, trying to like manage scheduling in person guests has just. You know, it's not ideal right now. And I've
0: refused to, you know, they always say it's good. It's good to adapt in certain ways, but I don't want I don't want to interview people on the phone like we've I had a couple of good ones. I had Abby Thomason join me on my 10 hour live stream. She's a law student. So we talked about some legal stuff with Bachelor and that went really well. And so when the phone calls and Skype calls are nice, I just don't want to do them
1: yeah, they're a little glitchy. They're a little laggy, especially on the video end. And it's just, it's not ideal for a a, a listener of podcasts to yeah. have to deal with like those, just those sl- slight split second delays really disrupt your ears, I think.
0: But I, I also I also think a lot of um, what I was talking about, Marianne Williamson and having faith in yourself as like a creator. And honestly, I don't know. I mean, again, people write in and let me know. Be honest with me because I appreciate your feedback. I don't know if people give two shits about our guests. I think they just—I think they're un, that's enough to, to hang out and talk to us for the most part. It sounds crazy for us to say.
1: Yeah, but, we're, we're sick
0: and tired of ourselves. I they know. Don't get. They're not. I don't no want one to supposed. talk to
1: you about anything.
0: <laughs>
1: we should be writing down uh, things to talk about throughout the week.
0: Yeah, we like should. Personal stuff. We should keep a tally, like when. Um, like uh, here's a good one. I found we were removing uh, picture frames. Don't interrupt me. I could tell she wants to. And um, oh, we're moving picture frames as we prepare for our move. And there's a photo of two sets of feet. And I go, Tasha, is this your fucking ex? Is this a photo of you and your ex's toes? And you're like, you can't even tell. <laughs> oh, I got you, bitch. You could have just denied it. You could have just said it was some like stock photo you got when you bought the frame. But no. Now I got to know what this guy's fuck you know fucking toes look like.
1: It's an old Roman ass toe faded Polaroid honey. I was s- just are, in a frame on s- my little well, gallery. Did, let wall. me ask you, I
0: called you out. Did you save it?
1: I put it in the box with all what the you other photos do and frames. I don't know. Leave it in a box.
0: Well, is that what you want? I'm not telling you what to do with photos of your ex's feet. Well, I was thinking
1: we're probably not going to be hanging any photos at our next place anyway.
0: There's got to be a way. So, where is
1: this this place has real crappy walls? (laughs) Like, there's little cracks and bumps everywhere. It's not a nice, smooth. Let
0: me tell you guys something. If you you ever see those, our new
1: place has nice, smooth walls, and I don't want to get charged our deposit
0: uh, i want to write i want to i want to uh, paint a picture for people if you've ever seen one of those war-torn movies where they're in like sarajevo is that how you pronounce it no, sarajevo, sarajevo sarajevo and like the uh you know like a helicopter just went by with 16 millimeter whatever that you know just just peppered it with bullets that's what our walls are like for me trying to hang a tv but um yeah,
1: our uh, it's It's just pretty gross. It's an old, old building. And so it's just covered in layers and layers of plaster. And it's... Every
0: time there's an earthquake, there's a new crack. And then dust comes down (laughs) where someone does a jumping jack above us. It's interesting. But anyway, we've been so grateful. And and it it is so ironic as we are here. I mean, I will... I remember when I moved from my... You know, I moved a lot as a kid. Mom rented, you know, moved a lot. I wasn't like in the army. We just... We moved around the same town. But I, I lived in five different places in... 10 years. That's a lot when you're a kid. And I remember my final place leaving there and I would have dreams about it. And you never had this because you grew up in primarily the same place. Didn't you have another spot as a little kid?
1: As a little kid, uh, my parents had a house not far from where we had our forever family home, but I I stayed there until I was about five. And then I think I had my sixth birthday in the new
0: place. So you don't know what it's like. What if your parents said, Hey, we're going to sell the place and move to Florida. You'd be like Jesus Christ! I I I learned how to finger myself in that room. Whoa! I learned how come to. Come on! I,
1: That's, no, you learned to ride a bike.
0: <laughs> That's whatever you got to do, honey. But I'm just saying, there's you there's so much that um like imprints on a place in this place for sure but
1: i have memories of that from my first house i have really warm memories of that place specific things that i remember about the rooms no i think i think you're right i think we're gonna have a little bit of heartache you're gonna gonna have a whole
0: heartache you're gonna have like a whole thing here you know why i was talking about this before you got on here this place is your security blanket from me
1: for sure. I this mean, is your security general, blanket from is, me. This is the only affordable apartment in Los Angeles.
0: You, we aren't on the lease together. You can tell me to go fuck off and you still get this place and you can afford it. And I'm not saying you can't afford the next place but it's going to, you know what I mean? It would
1: hurt my wallet pretty significantly. <laughs> it would
0: be a little bit worse than You had a lot of, you had a lot of uh, rent controlled uh, <laughs> energy when it came to arguing with me. You go, you know what? Get out. I got, I already put the deposit in. So I get it. I get it. Whereas I was saying before, I've moved um, four or five times with all the things I can fit in one car. So my, um, You know, and don't get me me wrong, I've accrued some stuff and we have a lot of things that we share here, but this is like, you've, you've, uh, you've put your whole adult life here. So to take this leap to the new place, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be amazing, but I also think you're gonna have to like find a way to ride this tidal wave of energy in a good way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I know what you're saying. Like I never expected in college, I moved a ton. I, um. After college, I was in New York, and then I was here um, in West Hollywood. I I don't think I intended to stay in this place 10 years. It just happened. So you're right. Like This is a place where I have totally put down roots inadvertently. Not that I wanted to, but you're yeah. A, I you're have
0: 26 now, so you moved here when you were 16. If anyone wants the fake math on how <laughs> old you are. Now you've lived here. You, we keep saying 10 years. I don't know if it's been 10 years. but It's
1: either 9 or 10.
0: The dog's been here literally his whole life, other than, you know, a he year was, or so.
1: Yeah. he. I guess he was probably three, 2 or 3 when we moved here. But what's,
0: what's beautiful about our new place, like you said, you're afraid to hang a picture frame because it's virtually brand new. I think I had one tenant before us. I've never lived in a place this new. My Harlem place was nice; it was all renovated. But this place was a new build, new. I mean, we've got you know the crockpots right there. I need two different extension cords to plug in the crockpot. God forbid <laughs> the I the
1: wiring in those places. I so heat up shady. a burrito
0: while you're you know blowing your hair, and we've we've lost the city's electricity at that point. I mean, it's been wild. And so the new place is a is for the most part a blank cement backyard with complete opportunity. It's almost amazing that there's no like swing set or at someone else's life back there. There's nothing. We're making it complete. And if you look at Tasha's Instagram at Tasha Courtney, you know, we, uh, we stayed in this beautiful Palm Springs place that had really cool little amenities and this new backyard. is going to be small once we put stuff in it, but it's still big enough to have like, you know, several living rooms or scene. like I always look at things as scenes, right? It's like, all right, well we can shoot in the Fire pit area, we can shoot in the lounge area, the AstroTurf area. There's different scenes that exist to it, which is going to be very versatile, plus an um, in, in office for us to really be able to get work done and separate work. Because we've just been living here, and you know, for people that don't realize, like today's Monday, it's Bachelor Day, so I'm going to have to watch Bachelor at 8, live stream at 10, shoot my recap at 11.30, and finish editing it, uploading it by 2 a.m., the fastest I can do it, I'm done by 1.40. This is going to be the fifth episode this year. I haven't I haven't finished before 140 a.m. And I woke up at 7 a.m. today to make three videos. So I'm not saying that to complain, but I literally put up a moving blanket to separate the kitchen where I record this from you. I put you in Bluetooth headphones and I try to give you a couple edibles. You don't know this, but I, I dose you with edibles <laughs> to try to get you to just sleep in the other room because I feel bad because this is just how it works, you know,
1: we absolutely have paid our dues here. And I really feel like we deserve this move. I'm really excited for us. Yes. There's a lot of stuff that's like I'm anxious about, and there's so much work to do in preparation. And I am still kind of nervous to leave this place. I'm a little nervous to move into a place that's more than we want, than we wanted to, but you know, that we wanted to spend out of our budget. But, uh, I think it's going to pay off big time and you're right for creative working, for creative activities, recording the podcast, recording videos for YouTube, um, you know, me being able to shoot in multiple locations throughout the house. This place checks all the boxes and Boone's going to be happy as a clam. You know he's gonna get so much intellectual stimulation just being able to like bark at squirrels. Like <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna have such a good time. Oh yeah. And uh, I really think that this is the right move for us, and and we've we've managed with this long enough. You know well, we did I'm, a good job. I'm we surprised Tetris-ed this place perfectly, and we made it work. But we don't need to make it work anymore. The
0: last thing I've wanted to do, and I can say this now that we've put our deposit down. A, a part of me thought you never were going to leave here and i knew i couldn't push you because this is you're very like you're very and i'm not saying this as a critical this is actually a compliment you're very um, much like um in touch with a uh, non physical things so like you have a hard time throwing out things that are, are trash because you feel a connection to certain things. I'm I, looking at all this right here. And again, I know this is taxes no, this and is stuff. Paperwork. But look, Whoa, what's, this? Have, what's this? You got what's this? You got some stupid little thing that you put the little uh what's it? You listen it to was this a, guys. What's this called? Listen to this.
1: I don't know what it's called. No one's gonna be able to tell what that is. You it was tell. a gift you, from our you put
0: that circular photo thing in, you know, you slide it in and then you can look at photos through this thing. Anyway, that was just the first thing I could grab. It's one thing after another. But my point is, is that we've looked at a lot of places... I'm the idiot, and again, and it's a good combo, you and I, because I'm the idiot who wants to pull the trigger on everything. I wanted to move to every single place we saw, except the expensive one. Like there were some really expensive ones. I was like, "Fat chance." But I wanted to move to all these places, and they didn't have the right lighting. They didn't have this. They didn't have that. There was always something off. This current one, yeah, sure, it's it might not be in the best location we want, but in some ways, that's a good thing. It's like a little bit more peaceful. It's it's a little bit more like I'm not going to hopefully have my bat, car battery stolen for the fourth time. Like it's it's we'll a, see we'll see who knows <laughs> disputed gang territory who knows but you know it's I just was like look I'm not gonna ever want to pull you to a place that you don't love and I loved it when we saw the photos but I was like okay here we go
1: you just never know until you see something in person and I think a big you know you're you're trying to say like I've got like a, I I'm don't know ca- an I'm attachment not, I'm not calling here. you a hoarder I think
0: I, I'm I, not. I,
1: no, I think you're trying to say that I, like, have an attachment to this place, which is 100% accurate. I do have an attachment to this place. You it like to control what you can blanket. control like anyone does. And, well, I also, you tend to be a little <laughs> Here <we> more. Go.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this isn't a compliment. <laughs>
1: I was going to say. You tend to be
0: nice. <laughs>
1: no, you're just, you're not a long-term planner. I have to nag you to contribute to your uh Uh, Roth IRA. I have to nag you to do it. You don't think about long-term stuff. You don't, you're, you're not the uh, epitome of fiscally responsible. Well, I was say
0: I was sharing this beforehand where I was saying, I was, I was saying that I, and I don't disagree with you, but I was saying I'm kind of like an inventor that the, that the podcast following has believed in, even though I haven't invented anything. Like I keep blowing things up in a way, not in a fun way, but I keep blowing things up. Like I'm close to inventing something, but it always ends in destruction.
1: Yeah. But you got to understand, like, how do you think that makes me feel in general? Let's think about sort of traditional gender roles here, which still are very prevalent in our society, even though women work and make money for themselves and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Many women still on some level want to feel secure. They want to feel cared for. They want to feel provided for by their partner. And so for me, knowing that like you tend to n- not be very fiscally responsible on your own.
0: Still better than any, any other guy I know, but uh, yes. Okay, fine.
1: Okay. So, you know, a bunch of scumbags. <laughs> Excellent. If you're comparing yourself to the bottom of the barrel, that's not going to get you very Killing
0: hard. it in that bottom.
1: The point is that... For, for me to feel all this weight and responsibility on my shoulders, why would I want to leave an affordable apartment? Like, yes, it's small. Yes, it's super tight. We are limited in some ways in this space, but we can afford it. I can afford it. You know, it, it is my security. And, you know, we, we watch the home prices just continue to skyrocket to the Moon, out of our reach here in Los Angeles, and you know we're we're saving as much as we possibly can to try and be ready for down payment, but you know then all of a sudden comes a pandemic which eats away our entire savings like it's it's hard to feel like um security roots, being able to put down roots in Los Angeles is out of our reach. So if that means that our generation, and I'm sure that that there are lots of other people our age that feel this way. If you live in a high cost of living area, because you moved there for job opportunity for high paying work, uh, home ownership is out of reach. Maybe in Kentucky or Iowa or Rhode Island, we would have bought a home a long time ago, but we can't, do our jobs in those places or at least not right now i can't do my job you probably have the ability to work from anywhere so this gives us some freedom for the future but for right now while we were stuck in los angeles we're not close to buying a home at this well, time okay, it's so- just way too competitive and we, you know we had talked over and over about this plan that we'll stay in this place so we can save money at a high at a high rate of savings and, until we can buy a house but at some point we just have to realize you know what our current situation isn't working for us. We're limited creatively here. We've been stuck inside for a year. We need more room to work. And so we which, just which, have to pay more for it.
0: Which sounds like a limitation and it, it, and it is a limitation, but I believe in it. And uh, while I thank you so much for that amazing uh, rant you just went on, that was lovely. I will say this, the energy is always exchanged equally you know law of attraction so whatever so the stresses that you have felt um i probably have put them on myself 50 times and it has sucked but what happens throughout all of that is the this added belief that you have to have in yourself because i i don't i i've never doubted myself but i have felt all the pressure because there are there are t- clocks that are ticking And a lot of times the universe doesn't work that way. With that said, as I've mentioned earlier on this podcast, January 2021, specifically the last 10 days, has been levels of growth that no other job has ever provided me. I'm talking working in movies, stunts, big jobs, no other job has provided me the level of growth that this week showed me. I saw this also in October in other ways and I've and it's I've It's almost
1: like going from like mailroom to like executive <laughs> assistant or something. You know what I mean? That's exactly what it's I call like,
0: standup though. It's like you are the freaking intern until you're selling tickets and now you're the demand and now you're the product. And how do you get from intern? And again, it doesn't mean you should waste 20 years suffering. You still got to run to that pool of water with your head on fire that whole time, which I have. But instead of the 40 hours a, a week of these jobs that I'm renting my time out, I can put those into things and exponentially it grows. And I don't know if that would have happened with a trust fund or a, or a lottery. I don't know if that would have happened in another circumstance. But the whole like pressure that's put on coal, I mean, it isn't like I wouldn't wish Um, disparity on somebody but there is a beautiful thing that happened in this small apartment of ours and I do appreciate some pressures you've put on me just naturally in life wanting to start a family and this and that and then to see the growth and you know uh, people can go watch this but the last the the last two hours of that 10-hour live stream I was just overwhelmed with gratitude I mean People donated seven hundred dollars. All random donations, phone calls. Aaron in Zimbabwe, Susan skypes in from Washington. Everyone in between, just unbelievable. It felt like I was dying. You it, it was it was like I didn't make the ten hour live stream for that, but it it did provide a little patio space for people to stop by and say their their well wishes. And the amount of people that said that how how much they got out of it on the consumer end just because everyone was sharing their good stories even um Leah uh our friend Leah from Michigan my um my um, pseudo uh long lost cousin we have so much in common uh she she said she she wish she opened up more in our conversation because we talked and i thought she opened up a lot, but we talked and then afterwards other people kept sharing and it, you know, it just be, and I hate to say it, the word safe space, but it just became this thing, this like environment where people were just really owning it And 10 hours went by so fast. And then I immediately got a headache afterwards and I laid down I like and I was like,
1: you've been staring at these bright lights all day.
0: I was just like, Oh my gosh. I mean, I only took a three minute break. I was going to take a five minute every hour. I was going to take 15 minutes off. I took three of those and it just flew by. And, and of course, it's because of the energy people gave me, but it was the belief people had like people wanting to root us on like the 10,000 subscribers isn't the isn't the big milestone for me, but to see other this people community be so happy is just a it's just incredible. and I know a lot of those people are listening right now. you followed us forever to to hear that we got engaged to hear what's coming next, like moving into a new place. I mean, how much how much love did we get saying we're moving into a new place? I don't ever remember wishing someone else that much joy when they moved a new. People really like, <laughs> yeah. were happy for us. Well, I
1: think we've been complaining about this place for so long that people are really excited. How many times have we put out feelers, asked our friends, been like, hey, if anybody hears of any apartments opening up, we're like really looking. Yeah, it's been it's real special. But-
0: so now we're in a place where financially I'm like, I'm like, well, if we invest in certain things, I see it just paying off that much more. Yeah, so I think I'm we like, kind of had y- to
1: take a leap of faith, which was why it was so important that like we waited to find really the right spot. You know, you said you would have been happy with many of the places that we looked at, but we really waited until we found something that was darn near perfect. Yeah, and gave us good vibes. And then we made the leap. And I think that was the right call.
0: Yeah, we're going to have such beautiful depth of field, all the little things we do. Tasha's going to make a cooking show. I'm making her do it so she can feed me. Do your <laughs> cooking show, honey.
1: Why don't you make a cooking show?
0: Eh, I don't know if I want a cooking show. But um, I'm just happy to have a, a window in front of the sink. You know, you say the dog just wants to stare at squirrels. I just want to clean some dishes, stare out the window. Um, it's going to be great. Um, and it's just a step. It's you know, we, you know, we were like, well, what if we don't? Love the location because the location is less important to us than the actual, like, compound of the place. And I think the thought is, well, it is it is just a giant springboard to whatever's next. And I guess at some point when you can't cut your expenses any lower, you just have to look at... You know, I look back at our buddy John, you know, he's he's <laughs> he buys a Land Rover and he's like, I just need... A, a, it's like the... My, and he, he's got expensive taste, but he's like, I just needed a Land Rover. I needed to feel... Like, I, like I'm the man. And that's how I get, in certain ways, like with simplicity, with sound, I'll put on some, some songs, I put some tea paint on and before I record something, because I'm trying to rattle up those, that energy inside me, so that when I talk to the camera, it's coming from a place where I'm excited versus, you, know, whatever the other feelings are. And that's another thing I'm excited about our new place is like I'm not, I don't have to yell. But sometimes it's nice to just get going, and I rile myself up, and I in th- if that's not for, you know some if that's not for somebody then then you're not gonna like if, you're not gonna like my standup show if you don't like me just you just going going off. I was talking to Tom Whalen about this, how like you know like I said there was this random creep who was uh, do, uh, blowing lines of ketamine or whatever at our show, and I was like I couldn't imagine is and, but is ketamine even an upper? I don't even know what that is. I think it's an upper.
1: I don't I I think it is um no it's a horse tranquilizer this guy whatever he was ketamine is a horse tranquilizer so I don't think it's But this guy was like
0: this guy was like on meth I don't know what it was but I was like oh my gosh I don't need any caffeine for the performance side of things I'm gonna get there with my own adrenaline like I just you know that's just who I am but anyway it was it was funny to think that someone's blowing lines of ketamine it's like Jesus Christ
1: uh, you know, just to side note about ketamine, they are doing, <laughs> like, really, they've made done a lot of research the Therapy. past few years. Yeah, as a treatment for, like, um, like chronic deep depression. Depression, and I think maybe, like, PTSD. They're, they're yeah, people who are, like, just really, really deep uh, have seen significant improvement improvement with ketamine treatment, but uh, you know, it has to be done in a clinical setting. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, the more, you know, folks, right. Um, what else do we want to talk about? We've got three weeks or in change before we leave here. So we will have one or two more podcasts here, but I think the new place there will be a sort of, you might t- my you know, our, our second bedroom, which is going to be the office, We'll have a little bit of a, maybe a, that'll be like the intimate studio space. And then, um, I think outside we're going to end up having what will be a little bit more of a, um, open chat type of, um, recording yeah, space. I
1: think, I think we'll probably be doing the majority of our recording outside from here on out.
0: Because I can't imagine like three people in the, in the office. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what sounds and looks good in the future. Um, but yeah, we've got, um, we've got our hopes set high and the, I guess if there's any way to wrap a bow around this podcast, you guys have been around here for our, um, really, uh, open conversations about, uh, this kind of struggle and, you know, like there's, there's going to be more obstacles along the way, but I think, I think there's something to be said about, um, parlaying the energy that the world gives you into positivity, finding ways to. Uh, build all the equity in yourself. I, I said this before you got on. If, if you don't like what you do, it's because like, if if you're not a good employee or something, I don't necessarily, like there's only so much you can do to fake it. If you're not into it, find a way to do something that you love. Money will come, you know, you put love into anything. It's going to be money is. Money is just some currency we made up that, that is, that is a energy value. Right? So like, if if you're good at what you do, whether it's, playing the guitar stand-up comedy you know making blogs or running someone's Instagram if you're good at what you do someone's gonna have money for you there so just figure out what that is what brings you happiness and you got all of our support and um, Tasha's got her cooking channel so that's that <laughs> so uh, anything else Tasha anything else you want to say no come I out don't the think Instagram. So.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, come check out what I've been posting on Instagram. It's at Tasha Courtney. It's going to be a lot of home content, I think, for the next couple months while we get the new place set up. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting. I've, I've posted some mood boards and I'm just thinking about like specifically the outdoor space, what we want to do, the living room, how we want to do it, because it it is still a little compact in there. So making it like perfect for us, ideal as a shoot location. Uh that's that's what's going on on my Instagram right now.
0: Absolutely. And I want to thank everyone who's been a member of the Patreon. You guys have been so helpful in um, in, in providing you know so much hope for us and investment in us with this uh, extra stream that we do. So for everyone who's been a part of the Patreon, whether you've come and gone and you've stuck around, I appreciate you guys so much. If there's any specific content you want over there, please let me know. Patreon.com slash this app dot ncom slash T-H-E-S-A-P. I'm struggling to find a way to do premium content on Patreon for people that watch YouTube. So if anyone has any ideas of what I can do, I am all ears. And we appreciate y'all so, so much. Uh, Is that it, Tasha? Yeah, though. So onward and upward. Thank you guys for being part of our journey and for being so, just so amazingly supportive. We love all of you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.